0: To
1: the place where I belong
0: Welcome to the Red Tent Birth podcast. I'm your host Annabelle. I am coming to you from the west coast of Canada on a tiny and very magical island called Salt Spring. This podcast is intended to be the red tent that we all crave. It is a safe space to share, to be heard, and to connect on all matters of birth, of the womb, of motherhood, and beyond. From birth stories to interviews with midwives, herbalists, and wisdom keepers, There is something really beautiful to take home for everyone. I'm interviewing women from all over the world that I've met on my travels, working as a doula abroad and continuing my education about all things birth. I've met so many amazing people on my journeys, and I just feel a deep karmic duty to capture their stories and to keep their wisdom. My intention with this podcast is to serve as a portal of connection for my sisters, and to create the space for us to come together again and share our wisdom. I want to listen to you and hold you to the light so that you can shine. Thank you to everyone that has supported this dream. This is for us to come to our roots as women, process together, empower each other, and use our womb magic to create a world that we feel good living in. Enjoy and welcome to the Red Tent. Hello to all my listeners. I just want to start off by saying I'm feeling really seen and honored that. I'm getting a lot of really great feedback about this podcast and that a lot of people are listening and feeling touched and feeling healed by these really, really potent and beautiful stories that I have been allowing to come through. Just being the conduit for these stories to come out into the world, it's really such an honor And it's going really well so far, and I have really high hopes for this podcast. I just want to get it out there and have the world listen to it and listen to these amazing beings that are just doing amazing things with their womb and healing others and bringing life through in such a good way. So thank you, everybody, for all of your feedback and your reflections, and I really, really appreciate the reflections and the honest feedback about ways I can improve, and yeah, I just love you all. (laughs) It's been so fun, and I wanted to talk a little bit today um, about my experience with menstruation and with my moon. Um, This episode is all about bleeding and menstruation and channeling for um, healing of the womb and um, I thought that it would be healing for me to talk a little bit because I've been kind of avoiding talking on these podcasts just because I'm a little bit shy in front of the microphone. It feels kind of weird for me to talk to nobody. (laughs) So here I go, I'm stepping into the space of discomfort and I am actually kind of excited to to branch out and share a little bit more and share my voice. So yeah, so today I'm going to be talking to Alexandria King. Um, So she is this amazing being that I met at the Salt Spring Market a couple years ago, and she's just been kind of a mystery to me ever since, and I'm really, really excited that I got to talk to her and get to know her more. She's such a beautiful gentle energy and has so much wisdom. So she does womb clearings and channelings for people and for herself. Um, She really supports people to heal their womb space and to find answers about any sort of problems going on in their womb, whether it's menstruation, um, pregnancy, issues of the womb, all kinds of things. So she does sessions for people And they're very potent and very, very honest and real and magical. (laughs) She also does channeled writing, which she talks about. um, And she has a book about um, young girls getting their moon, which is super, super sweet. And I have included all of her information in the show notes page. So highly recommend her book if you have a young one about to bleed for their first time. Yeah, her wisdom is just really unique in the sense that she's such a deep listener to what to what energy is coming through to be told through her. So she feels very clear and and magical. <laughs> yeah, I've personally had a lot of healing from her channeled messages um, when I first met her at the market. A couple summers ago, um, I asked her to help me out a little bit because in that exact moment that I met her, I was having really, really intense cramps, and she told me a couple really potent things that years later I have finally fully understood. Um, One of the things she said was that my body was grieving, um, and I hadn't really thought about that before until she said that about how I, I am grieving every time I bleed because, um, I'm not having that potential child that that egg could be. So it's a letting go. Um, and I personally really want to have a baby in the next couple of years. So it does feel like a loss every time, but I had never really put that, put that together. And just acknowledging that really helped me to kind of understand what the emotional pain associated with the physical pain was in my womb. I want to share this quote from this absolutely amazing book called *Hygia: A Woman's Herbal by Janine Parvati. I highly recommend it. It is out there and magical and it is all about herbal medicine for the moon time. Um, she talks about the feminine and healing and menstruation and shifting old paradigms and it's very intense and amazing. So I wanted to share this paragraph that she wrote. <clears throat> it's no surprise that many women experience much discomfort and pain when menstruating or just before. It is sad, I often feel. To realize another ovum has died. No baby, soon, to grow within. Feelings are intrinsically linked with the moon and the menstruations. My intuitions show the link between this grieving and the organic, sensual pain of menstruation. Finally, I intuited that there was no need to create a dramatic upheaval in my home in order to get my mate to, quote-unquote, make me cry. I could reown those feelings myself, have a good cry, letting go of the egg, the hope, with my tears. Then the blood flowed easier and more pleasurably. Later and lately, I've come to see that my pleasure and pain are pretty much balanced. Emphasis of avoiding one and seeking the other is wasteful of my energy. So menstruation has become as beautifully satisfying as an experience as any other feminine expression of sexuality, such as pregnancy, childbirth, lactation, and even menopause. I absolutely love how she brings pleasure into the pain of menstruation, and I'm just beginning to tap into that with my cramps um, it's It's challenging because for me, pain is pain, but I know that deep deep in the pain there there is this space of pleasure, and it's just sensation and there is a way to feel pleasure but it takes a lot of focus for me and a lot of practice so yeah I just wanted to share a bit about kind of my journey with my menstruation and how I've had a really huge healing lately and it feels really important to share because I want other people to feel this and to heal their their issues that come up with menstruation um potentially this could help. So yeah, I have had very intense cramps every single moon time since I was basically a child. I got my first moon when I was um, 11 years old and basically since then every single month has been horribly painful, just really intense sharp cramps for the whole first day and I've been on and off, I was on and off birth control when I was a teenager, which kind of helped, but not really, (laughs) it's kind of more of a band-aid, but, um, just being off birth control the last seven years, um, it's been such a journey, working with the cramps, and trying to figure out what what are they, what are they trying to show me, do I need to hold on to them? Is it emotional? Is it physical? What is it? And I've been on such a journey finding so many different answers and always praying that maybe the more work I do, maybe one day the cramps will just be gone. And I want to believe that physical is all emotional, and but I know that there's a little bit of, like, you have to heal through the physical realm as well. Um, with like nutrition and herbs and so I don't know it's just a it's a balance and what really changed for me recently I've just a couple months ago I decided that I wasn't going to take an ibuprofen for my moon and I got all ready and I made this commitment to myself that okay, no matter how intense it gets, I'm not going to take an ibuprofen because usually it gets so intense that I like want to call 911. Like I have to take something. So I made this really strong intention. I was alone. I had this beautiful space to myself in Maui and I set up my bedside table full of herbs. I had my tinctures. I had three different kinds of tea. I had moxa, I had hot water bottles, I had C B D, salve, everything. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And in the cramps came and I went into very, very deep meditation for like ten hours, really just being with the cramps. And every moment that went by I realized that the the fear of pain getting worse was worse than the actual pain. And I never actually needed to take the ibuprofen because I was, usually I'm one step ahead instead of just being in the moment with it. And I was amazed. Like, oh, I did! I don't need to take the ibuprofen. And ever since then, I haven't taken one. And I really believe that that has what has started to heal the cramps for me is kind of empowering myself in that way to, to face the pain and face the fear. And it's been really beautiful ever since then, um... Just the last two months, finally for the first time in my life, I actually have not had cramps and I am still in shock. Um, Two months ago, I was talking with my really good friend about nutrition because she's studying um, nutrition in school and she kind of took me on as a case study. And she told me, she asked me if I had ever cut out grains from my diet. And I was like, no, like grains are good for you, you know, quinoa and whole grains. And yeah, so I never even thought to try cutting out grains because I actually didn't really know that they were, they were bad in any way. And she explained to me how, how inflammatory, inflammatory they are, um, and that all of our hormones start in the gut. So if our gut is inflamed, our hormones get out of balance. And it seems like my pain is mostly inflammatory pain. So I thought, okay, well, I have nothing to lose. I can only gain. I have tried literally everything. I've tried every herb that exists for cramps. I have tried like hormonal treatments over the whole month. I've tried cutting out everything else out of my diet. I've tried every single diet that exists. um, But I've never cut out grains because I just had no idea. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try. And it was really hard because grains are in everything. So it was really hard, but I did it. And when I was about to get my moon, I was like, something feels off. Like I was started bleeding, but didn't really get cramps. And I was like, oh, something's weird. Like maybe this is, this is not my moon. Like I was really questioning it. And so I knew I was getting it. So I, so I set up my space and I made kind of a little red tent for myself and made it all nice and dark and had all my tinctures ready and got my laptop ready to watch movies, which I never do. It's kind of like my sacred moon time thing. And, um, I was already in waiting and I started bleeding more and more and the cramps just didn't come and the whole day I was thinking, "Oh, what's what's wrong? Maybe this isn't my moon." Instead of realizing that, "No, this is my moon. I've just not I'm just not having cramps." <laughs> so, I actually didn't get cramps for the first time in my whole life after 1 month of not eating grains and being really committed to my hormonal health and my journey with that. And I was in shock. I couldn't believe it. I didn't really fully accept it until the next month I did it again and didn't get cramps again. And I'm still just amazed and so happy and realizing that, wow, my body really, really wants me to to be quiet and listen and be with myself on my moon, but I don't need to have the cramps to make me do that. Now I know how important it is. Now I know that, okay, it's my moon. It's it's time. It's time to go within. It's time to shut out the world. It's time to just be with me even without the cramps. So I'm so, so grateful that I, it took me a really long time to realize this, but I'm grateful that I did realize and that I found all these healing tools and that my whole diet and digestion just actually feels so much lighter and so much better not eating grains, and I honestly highly recommend it for everyone. (laughs) Try it out. Just try one month not eating grains and see what clears up. Um, It's it's pretty life-changing, actually. (laughs) So I'm really, really grateful for this journey, and it's continuing and ever-changing and ever-flowing and it's just such a special and sacred time and I really encourage us all to bring ritual into our moon time. So yeah, thank you for listening and I am excited to keep sharing more and opening up and shining my voice and my light and yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that people are listening and yeah, I'm really excited for this next episode. I hope you enjoy it and get a lot from it and bless all of you. I love you. I'm pleased to welcome Alexandria. So welcome to the Red Tent. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy and excited to get to know you a little bit more through this because you've been a mystery to me. (laughs) I've just (laughs) seen your Booth at the Salt Spring Market and always been so intrigued by all of the offerings that you and your daughter have been putting out. Um, yeah, I'm really curious what, what you do with your time and all the magic that you create. So um, yeah, I'd love to just know a little bit about, just a little intro about you and, and what you do. Sure.
1: Um, so I had my daughter when I was 17 So we sort of grew up together Mm. and uh, I always worked on women's stuff like women's sexuality and traumas and shames, trying to shed light on myself and everything I'm doing. Um, I wrote a period book about girls and before that I had a women's sexuality magazine for like when from when I was 19 to my later 20s and uh, i've done a lot of healing on myself i had i had a lot of miscarriages when i was a teenager kind of four miscarriages and what else was there i had sexual trauma when i was little so i've done a lot of channeling and a lot of meditating and a lot of energy work on my womb and that was also part of me writing the the period book for girls the the moon and you was just to get to like the fundamentals of like breaking the patterns of trauma in my body so that love was left and that's what was communicated in it so it really helped me more than anything but i guess other people like it too so
0: and do you work with people um like do any sort of appointments with people to support them with womb healing in any way
1: yeah i do womb clearings <clears throat> it was just like a natural thing I fell into as I was healing myself, like looking past the body and just looking at the energy of it and looking at the energy of the womb and how receptive it is and it's like loosening up ideas, it's making a little more spaciousness, um clearing up cobwebs or old stuck things kind of kind of stuff, mm. yeah, so it's kind of like a reading and then from the reading I can kind of get a better scope and I can see what's being held there Mm. in the most gentle way beautiful what are some of your
0: usual recommendations for how people can do that work by themselves
1: like if you were to Mm. give someone homework to go do after a session yeah that's really nice I mean I think Hmm. I mean, some simple things I tell people are to like, put your feet together, like lay on your back and put your feet together and bring your knees apart. It depends how they're holding it. Um, they can let their knees fall apart and just sort of let go that way. Some people who have tra- trap trauma tend to like keep it together, mm. keep their legs together. Like there's a more of a holding pattern. Or you can just try um, you know, like picturing light through your hands. If you've ever done that before, you can just hold that space over your womb. And things just seem to <clears throat> like I, I did a bit of that, and I would see little like black shadows just like evacuate my womb from that kind of thing.
0: Sure.
1: Um but being it's like Everything that's good for you is good for your womb, like anything feminine and kind, like being nice to yourself, or not, you know, like turning any bad thoughts to more positive ones about anything you're doing with your work or how you're walking in the world or how you're receiving or educating yourself a bit more. Like if you have a blank spot and you don't understand your body, maybe to learn a little bit more about it would shed more light there um yeah just like making those bridges between the things that you didn't understand and the things that you want to understand for relief mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, beautiful yeah i've had i've had so much in my womb in my life and sometimes i'll come to kind of a um like a like a wall of heat, like I get to a wall and I can't go any farther with healing. Like it, I can't break through, and it's it just seems like such a mystery sometimes, like what's mm-hmm. going on in there. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's 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 a long lifetime practice of getting more right. in touch with that. But sometimes I just feel like, what is going on in there? It's so it's just a black hole.
1: <laughs> it can feel like that. There's a lot. Um. One of the things I do when I feel like I've hit a wall with my healing is I just, I mean, as soon as I get to a point where I honestly don't know what to do next, I just pray for help mm. and then let it come in any way. Like maybe it's inspiration or your dream or maybe you meet somebody and like sometimes to get over the hump of where we are from where we want to go. <clears throat> it's just the desire to be somewhere else. And that leads us, you know, through this section that we weren't quite sure of. Mm. Yeah but it's a lot of layers for sure like we live in a patriarchy i mean being soft and feminine is a is a practice that isn't just for one person and it's not like we're just going to get there we do it you know as a plant we all do it and like we're carrying a bit of the weight of the world at the same time Mm -hmm. so we all process it and then we'll all get a little bit Mm -hmm. totally
0: are holding a lot for sure. <laughs> um I remember when I came to your booth one time I I was having really bad cramps which I always do and you told me that there was something about my first period like my first moon was kind of this something tr- trauma like something was stuck in there and I had never thought about that until you said that and it stuck with me like this whole time. Um because it was so true that my first moon was very not ceremonial or special. It was just kind of this scary unknown thing. Um, so I'd love to just hear more about that and about how we can honor the, the first moon and bring ceremony back into that, into that time and how we can heal that from, for our own
1: pasts, you know, Mm-hmm. I made these, um, <clears throat> I figured most women haven't had a lot of celebration around periods, of course, and I, I don't think that we have to, I don't think like if we miss the celebration when we're young, that we've then missed it for a whole life. I think when we celebrate it, it is celebrated, like we heal through time in a way. So no matter when you're doing it, it still applies and it can still fix or smooth out memory. Um, So for celebration, I mean, it's really about bringing the feeling that you want to celebrate around your period into yourself. work, it's not going to be once. It's going to be continuously dropping into your womb and sort of having a feeling, either a thought of like, hey, this is how I'd really love to celebrate it, or having a feeling of how you want to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Like both are good. Um and we're creative. So like maybe you're like, ooh, you know what I really want is I want to like make this, I want to craft, craft something around periods, or I want to craft something for my period, or I want to put it on my like altar and and be like, this is for you. And every time I look at it, I'm like, this is you, you know? Like, you get this every time. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, images that make you feel like you can surrender into them. Um, Or if you can celebrate with other women, that's also beautiful, because you can... Sorry, I woke up with a stuffy throat. That's okay. celebrate with other women and share ideas. Cause like sometimes we just need to be creative together to sort of get a view into each other's world of how they didn't feel celebrated and sort of fill those holes. And also like just talk imagination about, and there's something about just letting it through even in the imagination and through conversation that makes it real. You know, you're bringing it through in that situation, in that setting. Um, let's see, what else was celebrating? really it really is a personal thing Mm -hmm. of like how somebody would like that like for young women it's like it's just about figuring out who they are and seeing what they would like it's not about i mean you can bring ideas to them but you don't want to ever push something on them right yeah because that's not really the way of us so what would you like i guess is the question
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's super important because you can't And just say oh throw a throw a super fantastical party where everyone wears red and everyone eats red cake but if someone is an introvert and that just makes them embarrassed (laughs) that wouldn't help anything
1: (laughs) and i think it's like our desire to have it celebrated makes us think go to the extreme like let's just totally do it but like that's not our feelings our feelings are reserved still around it or we feel like we want to be joyful or maybe we're feeling like I want celebration, but I don't know how or like I want it to be accepted more like maybe getting into the specifics of like what you really want. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd, I'd love for everyone else to accept periods and maybe, you know, just by envisioning that space that you want, it will sort of come around and mirror itself back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really nice to hear. It feels like very gentle, a more gentle approach and that it's easier. It doesn't have to be this huge ceremony. It could just be a craft on your altar. And when you said that, I had an image of just like an embroidered little piece of cloth that said, congratulations on your first moon and just put that on my altar. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. (laughs) I like that. Um, do you have any tips for moms or parents about kind of how to talk to their children about, about their period, if they're about
1: to get it or if they just got it? I mean, my, my suggestion around parents in general is always the same. It's try and be honest, you know, like if you're feeling weird about it, express that. It, and, you know, it's like, cause when we're scared, we think, the fear stops us and stops there it's like if we say it the world will crash Mm -hmm. but maybe if we side of it like it just keeps going and there's more conversation like the movie doesn't end when we say it and then everything goes dark we say it and then we're sitting there with our child Mm -hmm. and yeah we don't know what's going to happen next if we haven't said it before like if you haven't had this dialogue like open dialogue with them before Mm -hmm because usually something's trapped and it makes you feel more frightened. But I think, like your kids feel everything anyways, you may as well try and move through that space of discomfort because they, and you know, and just give them suggestions, you know, it's all good. And then maybe consider what you'd want to celebrate for yourself, because like, if we're trying to put our celebration onto them, it may not come off clearly but it may be more joyful if we can understand what we'd like to and then we could give them maybe suggestions this is what it could look like you know just feel it out a little bit mm-hmm. maybe get them to do a little drawing or like a some sort of creative thing to be like because it's still private if they're doing a drawing for themselves it could be more like that mm-hmm. to see what they would like mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's alone or if it's with people, if it's what, you know, what people would they like if there were people or if it's just you and your mom or you and one other person or just you, you know, like, just comfort levels good. People tend to open up as they start searching through what they'd like, you know, they may start out like, ah, I don't want that. And then you kind of give them ideas. And then they're like, ooh, like, I like cake, or I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. Whatever it is they like, right? Mm-hmm. And then they start getting more comfortable, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, period, oh, yeah, periods are fun because we get to do this mm-hmm. that can you know get them to warm up to it mm-hmm. and if they're if you're like really communicating with them, I'm sure that they'll I mean that's all you really need to do as a parent is just like communicate and try and work through your things and be open. Mm-hmm because then your kids are naturally you know they'll go toward their own tendency with it anyways
0: yeah that's beautiful i i pray for for that for families to just to really go there and be more and more comfortable to open those dialogues because it's so important (laughs) super important and also just making it a special time like having t- you know telling them that your period is 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 special and when that time comes maybe you, you do something special every month together like even if it's just eat cake like I know that my whole life would probably be different if it started out um as a special time instead of an
1: embarrassing time <laughs> totally and that's something we'll just have to share with ourselves now and with each other a bit more mm mm-hmm mm-hmm it's ever too late right
0: mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering if you want to talk about your books that you've written and
1: or are working on yeah sure um, when I started channeling maybe like six years ago seven years ago more full-on um, <clears throat> I would just channel like pages and pages and pages of information about myself like stuff that, I guess my guides were just like dropping into my mind to help me understand or to prepare me or I have no idea. I mean it was just for years it was just like to understand myself and I think that takes a lot of time and immersion into yourself. I mean you know being alive a lifetime sometimes isn't long enough anyways so. Mm -hmm just helping me understand myself helped with the channeling more making a clearer unison between me and my spirit kind of thing and early on there they told me I would write a specific book and um, I won't tell you that much about it but I thought like at the end of last year I was like you know like when is it time I should probably just do that and so I started I didn't I'd never channeled a book before I was like what do I what do I do like I don't even know so I just sat by myself with my like my auditory thing I can't remember words anymore but uh I would just start I was like okay like this is how I usually start with channeling like in my notebooks or when I'm recording, I just go, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to say? Or, like, let's go, I'm ready, kind of thing. And then that signals to them that I'm kind of like, I'm out of the way a little bit so they can come in. Mm-hmm. And um, so they just started the first chapter. So we just channeled the first chapter. And then every day I did it and I channeled a different chapter. And as I was doing it, I was feeling a bit like, I I wasn't sure like I was feeling a bit scared because it's like somebody taking me by the hand in the dark and being like okay we're going close your eyes and then me being like but where are we going Mm -hmm. like I had I really it could have been anywhere like it could have been like to the next planet or like into the water like and there was something about that that just made me feel like I wanted to stay put a little bit so it was really hard to get me to go all as far as I think they would have gone. So we went to the end of the book through like 60 chapters or something. And and as soon as I finished, they said, okay, now start again. And just before I said no effing way, they were like, don't fight. <laughs> like, just don't fight. Like, they know how I am. So they were like, just don't do it. <laughs> just start again. So I was like, okay. So I went again. And... um It was clear it was it flowed better it was more concise i was like oh i see so i think it was just like getting the a little bit out of the way yeah and it was just about uh, like our nature is marrying the earth was kind of the vibe you know like how we haven't and how we do that kind of thing so um My daughter's reading it over for me, which is really sweet. We've been writing together. So I read her book over and she's reading mine over. And I'm just moving super slow.
0: Mm. Yeah, That's so sweet that you're helping each other with that. That feels
1: like such a healing thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's nice to like, I mean, it's nice to be with anybody and talk about all of your creative ideas, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to have someone to bounce things off of. It's so helpful. Yeah. So do you plan to release your book ever? Or is it more for yourself and your loved ones?
1: Uh, No, I have some books that I write just for my mother and my daughter. And I'll, I'll release it when my the feeling comes to release it Mm -hmm. yeah i usually just move on the feelings that come on good i think i think sometimes i act really slowly and then they try and get me to do things ahead of time so that when it is time at least i'll have it instead of me just kind of like dragging my feet a little bit right Mm -hmm.
0: it really sounds like you know yourself and your rhythms
1: yeah, I move pretty slowly. Probably, you know, always trying to take things apart. Mm.
0: Mm. And what was your the book about periods for
1: girls that you that's released? What's that mm-hmm. one? The about? Moon and You. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's I mean, it has all the like puberty stuff because i found that when i was healing i couldn't visualize all of my internal anatomy and i thought Mm. it's actually really important to visual be able to visualize when you're doing your healing all of the sections of your body Mm. so that there aren't any dark shadowy spots in your brain or maybe that's just what works for me but i thought it was good and it's sort of like a natural look it's like a nature's guide to periods So it goes, it follows like a a young girl alongside the rose and like the rose, the reproductive anatomy of the flower and her reproductive anatomy and like how similar it is. So it's like, there's a tube that the, that everything goes through to the ovary. And so it just goes through the book and sort of like shows the layers of similarity and talks about like, there's lots of period, period stories from different women and, um, plant medicine and different recipes to use the plant medicine so not really talking about the medicine is like this is what everything does not being too scientific about it but just giving them a place to start so like so there's a comfort around using food as medicine and herbs as medicine and food kind of thing so like making smoothies or making a lotion or just you know things that they can interact with mm. and um you know a little bit on how to celebrate stuff but it goes from like why you have a period the egg like at the beginning to birth at the end so it goes through like the whole cycle And like an easy everything's pretty easy and kind but covers everything openly so there's like sex in there too my daughter was like she read through it and she was like you should put masturbation in this and I was like, I said, you have to read it again. She's like, Oh my god, it's a book about masturbation. Aww. <laughs> She's like, You never talk about it, but it's everywhere. Aww. You Because know, like you don't want to use like tampons without being able to understand where you're putting it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: and to be gentle enough to like it's encouraging you to explore your body before you start introducing like tampons into it. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Nice. Sounds like it covers everything. I really want to read it. I remember reading a book like that when I was like 12 or 11, but it just wasn't as conscious and nature centered. It was just, a, you know, one of those books you'd find at a pl- common mm-hmm. bookstore, you know. And I was just so, I remember being so excited reading it and so in awe that, that my body, had all all of that and but also ashamed like also like oh should i be reading this and i remember reading it behind my closed door in my bedroom like i would sit at the door so that no one could come in when
1: i was reading it well it's really been like that mm-hmm. for sure and it's really what i found really weird like when i started writing it i was like remembering all those books i'd seen when i was young too mm-hmm. and wa- not wanting that feeling of like shame and secrecy and not wanting to teach from that place like because it had been so overdone taught clinically and like under a microscope like so close looking at like the reproductive anatomy that you couldn't see that there was like a person that it was in you know so just like going feeling it out more and starting back like backing up way back till the point where you could realize that like these are feelings of people they have you know what I mean like this is a this is a social situation like a one at this point like the social ideas around it are influencing how we feel with it so we have to look at those first like everything has to be a little more like draw them into their feelings more so that we can not panic around it you know the same as sexuality like taking them both under the wing of that. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Yeah. beautiful thank you so much for writing
1: that book (laughs) thanks yeah um i love it was more for me i think oh yeah but thank you too Mm -hmm. um i'd love to talk more about plants
0: and some plant medicines for like um well, I'm mostly interested in like cramps and issues that come up with, with bleeding, um, and then just some maybe. What are some of your favorite, favorite medicines that you've been working with lately?
1: You know, I came from a. I feel like the background that I'm coming from is kind of more like traumatic, and, and like, um, I grew up with like voodoo, and and then I grew up in like downtown Toronto. And um, so I felt like there was a lot more to heal. Like I think I was eating, like I wasn't eating super well when I was a teenager, was eating a lot of fast food. Um, and then like that sort of, and then I maybe started eating well and when I was around 20, my mid 20s. But all of this to say, I wouldn't just skip from like food to like, I wouldn't skip how we feel in our bodies to herbs. Mm. Like I think herbs are amazing cause, but how we feel informs how we choose our food. So I think around like the things that I suggest around cramps are often like, like where are you at with feelings around food first? you know, like, how are you treating yourself in general? I wouldn't be like, you need to be on a herbal diet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, unless you're super interested in it, you know, you're like, you're feeling out an herb and you're like, Ooh, I really love, I love the like look of it or the smell of it. Or like, there's something I want to interact with. And like, in that case, you should definitely be surprised by the interaction with you and it Mm -hmm. because there's a relationship. I mean, you wouldn't just choose someone off the street you didn't have a feeling about. Right. It's more like, don't take it just because you think it's good for you, because then it's almost like you're hurting yourself anyways. Mm-hmm. You're retraining yourself to be with a better partner, but you're, it's not quite coming from the right spot mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so herbs, I mean, you know what I've just been in love with this year? is just like the smells of spring. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just like smelling the poplar tree and bringing that into my body or a dandelion and just like remembering like remembering the relationship we've had for all these years. I've been feeling a lot of that, like just like the, especially living on the West Coast, like how like how much the air has medicine in it, which it didn't in this, when I lived in the city, air wasn't like that. There was too much pollution. And I think bringing the medicine in such a gentle way, just like, in like loving it and like letting it go into my lungs in that way, in that relationship, definitely been loving that and being kinder to yourself can help with cramps, you know, letting things come in more, like all the tension about what we should be doing and how hard we should try, that kind of stuff makes cramps too. Like, so like the relief for cramps is just as much a changing of how we think about how we're doing life as much as like how we're eating. I mean, the best periods I've had with no cramps have always been the ones where I absolutely was like, I'm not cooking, I'm not doing like, I'm not you know, and all the stress that comes associated with cooking for me, like the dishes and the cleaning and how I'm cleaning, or like my parents' voice in my head when I'm like sweeping a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff, like I can't have any of that around. So it's like nothing to do with with cooking or cleaning or working, which doesn't happen all the time. So when it does happen and I'm just writing poetry and I'm just reading the words of beautiful women. I have absolutely no like period cramps. like there's no bad feelings in my body because I'm not holding any like strong ideas about how I should be mm. because I think those feelings, even if I start drinking raspberry tea or I'm taking lots of it's you know, it's like figuring out how to work with you. I mean, I've learned a lot about herbs, but honestly when it comes down to it, I feel like whatever one what i'm feeling and i'm connected with at the time like if i'm feeling yarrow a lot i'll take yarrow for as long as i'm having that feeling mm-hmm. as long as i have that you and me are connected feeling i'm taking it and then when i'm not feeling it i'm not
0: mm-hmm.
1: i just don't and then i'd sort of just like peel back and i go okay now what am i feeling in life like what is it that's calling if anything like me it's nothing um maybe it's about you know sometimes it's about creating something you just have to see what the feeling is
0: yeah i think that's super super helpful to say because i think herbal medicine sometimes can even be a cover up too of where we actually are at if we take a bunch of you know pain killers like willow bark like all the time to not have headaches then we'll never see why we're having headaches <laughs> Because we don't have them anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's helpful to remember that the the cramps are
1: showing me where I'm at, they're a teacher. And it's okay to take something for the pain. I mean, like we're not supposed to suffer totally. Mm-hmm. And we can't learn that fast because we're all learning together. It's not Yeah, it's not to say and take it if it works but you know it's just opening up a little bit mm-hmm. to the magic of like he, how healing comes in so many ways mm. wonderful um do you feel like
0: talking about fibroids at all because I'm, I'm very curious about fibroids and have wondered often if i have them um like how do you how did you find out
1: that you oh my five oh yeah it's such a story so i've i I told you earlier right that i have been having a a fibroid thing for a while um um it was like four four or five years ago god is it four or five years maybe four years maybe four um i got a new it's like I was trying to work it way out of me how like i i had a new sexual partner and then um sorry like they're talking at the same time so i'm just trying to like mitigate what's happening that's okay (laughs) they're they're just saying like how like there was a seed planted there a long time ago and i was there and it's like i was just nurturing it to meet myself more so it was sort of a planned thing um, So, I could help more, like talk more with other people to help them with it too. But um, anyway, I had sex after a long time of not having sex. Like, I had a lot of it all at once. And then I came home and uh, I had my period was supposed to come like a few days after that. And it started coming, but it started bleeding like watery blood. And then I started hemorrhaging for like, and then it went on. I hemorrhaged for like three weeks. Just like straight up blood, just like pouring out all day. Like I could just sit in sit on the toilet, and the blood would just like keep dripping out, like continuously drip 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 like all day. Wow. So, and like while that was happening, I know this is gonna be like a really long story. I don't know. Anyway, it was. You know, I don't know if you have any like life fears, but when I was younger, I had like a couple life fears. And one was bleeding to death during childbirth. Mm. And um, it felt like that. It felt like, and I prayed like when I was little, like when I was 10, I was like, please, like just like let these things happen, but let them happen like kind and gracefully so that I'm not like really in it. But I understand what I need to understand by being close enough to it. Mm. So um, I had all these like flash of like different lifetimes where my body was being owned you know in different ways as like i was bleeding so i was there was a lot processing so anyway so i figured out i had a fibroid because i finally went to the hospital because everybody was like you should go to the hospital and i was like well if i go then they'll stop telling me you know at least i'll be able to say i went to the hospital don't talk to me about it anymore yeah so they did an ultrasound and found out i had a fibroid i think it was like six by eight centimeters or something. And I didn't know it was there before. Like there was no, and I couldn't feel it. I couldn't find it. And it had gotten bigger maybe that year. And I still couldn't, like there was no, I couldn't find it. Like I was pushing into that section of my body, like looking for like, where could this be? And I, and I couldn't find it. And then um, it just kept getting slightly bigger. And then I started changing my diet and I started doing all these different things willing i was to do it because i don't think i was that willing to totally let go for a long time i wasn't that willing to let go for a long time i was willing to i was like intrigued i was like okay like tell me more but not enough to go all the way and and it just made me i was getting super tired like i started losing my hair like because my iron was really low or is it still still really low and Um, I did a lot of stuff with it and it slowed down the growth of it. But then nothing really, I couldn't quite get on top of it. Why am I talking? I can't remember where I was with this. Fibroids, hmm. Well, yeah, so I have a fibroid still. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I was doing a lot of meditations on it. That's is what was happening. I was doing like a lot of different healings And originally when I started working on the book and started meditating on my womb, what I noticed was a lot of ancestral healing was happening as I was doing my womb work. And the more I forgave my ancestors, the more clear my womb would come. So now I'm doing all this, all these sessions on my womb around the fibroid and a lot of ancestry stuff was coming up. So the final like meditation I did on on it was I set myself a bath, like I put salt in it And I usually, when I get into my bath, I have like a five minute, I'm like, let's clear some things before I take my bath. Like I just sit there, like I sit up on my knees and I pray a little bit, which just looks like openness and just a feeling of openness. And um, I said, okay, like just, I'm totally open to show me like, what, what is it? I backed up enough to be like, okay, what is this this fibroid? Because I've done that with other things in my body. It wasn't the first time I'd be like, what is this issue or what is that? And then I would see through my willingness to see what the problem was. So in this vision, it was just a ball of threads of my mother and her mother. Just like all of their issues, all of their fears, just like bundled in this like thing that looked like worms, just like every, like a ball of everything. And I was like, okay. And then I thought to myself, like, like I have to choose to let it go. And then I said, okay. Because it's one thing to say, I let this go, just to say it with your voice. But to be really willing to let it go just means, it's just like a cutting a cord a little bit. Like there's not really anything you have um I just had to be willing to honestly like drop it whatever the repercussions of that are just like totally drop it and I did that and then it just it was done it was like the fibroid's still there but it's just a mass it isn't doing anything Mm. it's just kind of like waiting for me to get rid of it I guess but but there's no issue around it like there's no weird energy because like I think until then I'd I felt like a holding in my stomach for a long time Growing up, like constantly a holding in my stomach. And then after that, there was no holding anymore. Like the energy was just like clear, and I could see that when I looked at it. So, for fibroids, that's my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's super potent. Mm. I'm so
0: glad you found out what was going on in there. <laughs>
1: yeah i'm glad i stuck around with it because like i could have had i could have had a surgery or something to help it but i just i'm kind of stubborn like i i don't want to solve it but i don't want to let it go either like i want to know what's going on so i just so that's what happened and that's why it got so big because of my stubbornness i guess
0: yeah but it was all meant to be so you could find out what
1: really was going on (laughs) yeah that's what happened I I don't think everyone's, I don't know if everyone's issue is the same. I haven't had a lot of people with fibroids come and talk to me. Mm. And often, I mean, like for a session, but when I have seen them sort of in passing and they've wanted something like it, because I sell steams, like yoni steams, Mm. because I think that helps let go. It's a really gentle way to let go. go because it kind of brings it brings like soft warm heat to a place that really is expansive right um, so when they come for that for fibroids everyone has it I always give everyone a different piece of advice like it isn't always this there's not just like one thing that everybody needs mm-hmm. Yeah. and for people listening um are you open
0: to are you, are you doing sessions right now like if people wanted to find you somewhere is that something you're doing right now
1: Yeah yeah I do them still a couple times a week cool. So I
0: can put your information in the in the show notes Yeah cool amazing cool. wow I'm so happy to hear all your stories super potent and very healing for me to to hear and to you know we're always thinking about ourselves, so I'm like thinking about the
1: things that this means in my life and really helpful. Totally awesome! Mm-hmm. Awesome, thank you for sharing with me too. Yeah,
0: um, and your daughter is doing amazing things too, right? She's making pads, cotton, yeah,
1: pads. yeah. She's made, she's trying to source organic where she can, it's getting really expensive trying to find all the right pieces. Um, but I found cloth pads really healing for me. I think when I changed over from disposable tampons and pads to cloth pads, like there was just something about, it's it almost changed my chemistry somehow. Like it really shifted my, the feeling I had that, because like there was always this feeling in my labia that was just kind of like, oh, whenever I'd wear pads, like it was just like, it was always there. And then when I switched to cloth, like I didn't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really like using cloth pads when she was younger, like when I was using them and she was just getting, getting all she wanted. She was still a bit like, I don't want people to know. That's kind of, that's intense, you know, like mm-hmm. big cloth pads, but you know, she changed and um, started making them. So at our market booth, she was making pads and I was selling medicine and celebratory things. So she's now she's just writing. She writes books a lot and makes art. We had redone the, like, for a second edition of uh, The Moon and You. She redid all the illustrations in it at the end of last year that came out earlier this year. So it's really, really sweet. Nice.
0: What a sweet duo. Yeah. We just love you guys.
1: (laughs) We love each other. Aw. So special.
0: Hmm. I feel complete with with questions and yeah do you feel that this is complete is there any last words that you want to say to
1: yeah well oh. no I think it's really awesome to share in this time it feels nice to connect and you know have those connections feel the connections mm-hmm. yeah so thanks for that totally yeah. and if you have any other questions obviously just ask
0: amazing thank you so much such an
1: honor to get to talk to you we'll talk again then okay bless thank you for your blessings thank you for your blessings